powers. 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 I will meditate up to a thousand hours. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. You're listening to Truth, Freedom, and Sophia on On The Wake Up Radio. This is onthewakeupradio.com. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for putting this all together and providing us with an amazing platform where we can speak authentically and freely and truly. So super shout out to Cindy Ashby. And also you can catch all of our replays on Google and Apple podcast soundcloud stitcher iHeartRadio, and you can also contribute at paypal slash on the wake up radio and we are also on cash app dollar sign on the wake up radio.com again this is truth freedom and sophia hope you all have had a good summer um I know right now we're in a real sticky situation things are looking gloomy things are looking down but, you know, we should never let the outside dictate the inside. And that's exactly what they want. They want us to feel out of control, confused and chaotic so that they can disrupt our energy, disrupt our spirit and control our energies and control our spirit. And we just can't let them. And I think if we arm ourselves with the right knowledge, we arm ourselves with the right confidence and the right wisdom, we can get through this apocalyptic time that we're living through we don't have to hand over our lives to these people we don't have to comply with anything we don't want to do we have to keep reminding ourselves of this and the reason why we have to keep reminding ourselves of this is because we are living in a time where in my opinion from what i believe or what i see is we're living under my mind control serious heavy duty mind control it's been going on hundreds of years it's been purposefully being worked out getting out the kinks learning more about human behavior getting that that down packed and flawless so that they can get to this point and we all know this and we have to just start understanding it and navigating this time and i think a lot of people do i think a lot of people are getting it i'm quite honestly sick of talking about what other people are getting aren't getting doing aren't doing i don't at this point care i care enough that if if people want to help themselves, you know, we can all band together, but the people that don't want to help themselves, we have to let them go. We have to let them free. They have to go on their own journey and discover things for themselves. And that's sometimes the only way you learn. I know for me, the things I know about life, the things I've learned about life and the things I cherish, the lessons I cherish about life came to me through the fact that I didn't have help. I didn't have people to lean on. I didn't have a lot of uh, emotional support throughout my life. And I had two, two, two options every time. And that was to become weak and, and, and become reliant, a buck up, get over it, be stronger, rise above it, make something better out of it. That's what you have to do. And that's what we have to do at this time right now. We have to do it. But I'm going to give you guys a nice little treat because I'm going to give you a little astrology forecast for the month of 
um, August. We actually have a pretty interesting um, month as far as cosmic activity, planets and retrograde. So I thought that this would be a good way to start off the show tonight with, um, you know, a little forecast. So as we begin the month of August, we have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto in retrograde. Midway through the month, Uranus will join in too, giving us four planets in retrograde. Not to mention the asteroids Chiron and Chariklo are also in retrograde, plus the dwarf planet Eris too. With all of these cosmic bodies in retrograde, we may find ourselves taking a trip down memory lane or feeling like we need to revisit the past in some way before we can move ahead. If we find ourselves feeling stuck or confused about how to proceed with something, revisiting the past under all of this retrograde energy may actually bring us the clues and guidance we're looking for. Along with the reflective retrograde energy coursing through the cosmic skies, we also have so many wonderful alignments supporting love and relationships throughout the month as well. If you're dealing with relationship issues or would like to meet someone new, the whole month offers some wonderful supportive energy. Think about the intention you wish to set when it comes to your relationships and then watch how opportunities unfold throughout the month. As we journey through Leo season specifically, we find ourselves feeling particularly confident and bold in our actions too. So put this energy to use. August also brings the magical Lionsgate portal, which this year also coincides with the Leo new moon. This is a day where we can connect with and download higher frequencies with greater ease. It is also a power day for manifestation work too. As we approach the end of the month, we also have beautiful Aquarius full moon to enjoy. The energies of this full moon is abundant and expansive, allowing us to shine and activate our inner flame. Overall, August is a supportive month that brings opportunities for love, manifestation work, and high frequency energies. To guide you through the energies of the month, oh, sorry, I'm not going to read the rest. So I find that to be useful. And I, why do I find these things to be useful? Mostly because if we know certain situations that are happening on, on an astrological scale, we can then counter the frequencies being beamed to us from the negative forces, because that's what they do. They purposefully align their negative, their negative you know, outputs when we would be receiving the highest energies from the higher realms. And they know this. And even as a human being who knows nothing about, say, astrology or astrological signs or anything like that, planets and the effects they have on the human being, without that outside negative interference, we would be able to utilize and feel and harmonize with these energies. And we never were able to. And it's because it's planned this way. Now, tonight, I'm going to kind of switch up my gears a little bit. And I'm going to get more into a biblical worldview. The reason I'm getting into a biblical worldview is because I love the Bible, A, and I read the Bible when I was a child, and I recently started reading it again, and I'm actually finding just so many correlations. I mean, so many correlations between the Bible, the way the things that happen, the cycles that people go through, and the prophecies also about our time. See, when you read the Bible, and this is what I want to tell you guys, I don't say, like most people, the Bible. I think it's a, it's inspired by God. I find that any human being that that will um, just say, you know, this is the word of God and take it as it is, 
is pretty ignorant because we know that man, man put the Bible together. We know the books were divinely inspired, but we don't know what men or what people put their hands on these things afterwards, changed out words, you know, uh, changed out the meaning of things, changed out one word to, to, to change the whole perception of an entire uh, scripture and etc. So I just want to make that clear. I am not somebody that says to you, read your Bible. But I do know that there is beautiful wisdom in the Bible and there are answers in the Bible. And aside from the Bible, I also have read many of the Apocrypha texts, the texts that are not in the Bible. Book of Enoch, I have the Nagamati, I have the Dead Sea Scrolls. There are many, many biblical correlations to our time right now. And I think it's important to reflect on this because regardless of what you believe as far as uh, religion and all of your personal spirituality, there is truth and there is weight in uh, prophecy. There is weight there. So I'm going to play a clip right now. and. This is from uh, a, a video called The Secrets of End Times Revealed. And it just goes through different scripture and what, you know, what prophet was saying in the scripture. And a lot of the, the prophets before the New Testament. So you got Ezekiel and Daniel mainly. Those are the two I actually just recently read. They talk about a time for a time after the time. And they're talking about our time right now. All of their prophecies are prophecies that were fulfilled in their time and then also for our time because these we we do live in a world that goes through cycles and we are reaching that cycle again the same time point the same cycle period the same season it is the same season that these ancient prophets prophesied about they said, this is not for this time. This is for the time, after the time, after the time. That is for our time. So I just want to share the last, say, three minutes of this video because I, it's going to set the stage for how, what I want to talk about tonight. Okay, here we go. Now let's take a look at Romans chapter 1, verse 22 through 32. And see if this rings any bells for you. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women changed their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do these things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they would commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. 
Now, there is only one generation in the entire history of the world that matches this description. There can be no mistaking it. Just look back through history and try and find one generation that fits the bill. You won't be able to. The truth of the matter is that our generation is the only one in history to fulfill all of these things. There is no True. question about that. Read the freaking Bible. Don't doubt it until you read it. go on all day, as there are many more Bible prophecies that describes the times we are living. The Bible is 100% clear on this matter. The time is running short. Our King, Jesus Christ, is coming back. No man knows the day, no man knows the hour, but we do know the season. And at this point, there can be little doubt as to what season we are in. So the reason I wanted to share that prophecy is because it's true. I believe it. I see it with my own eyes. I experienced a lot of things as a child, a lot of spiritual things that gave me an undying faith that allowed me to know more in the other realm than this freaking world. And that's just, I would say, sad because we're not supposed to be more in one world than the other. We're here as human beings. We're supposed to be material and spirit. And that was sad for me that I saw so much disgust in human beings as a child that I ran to the spirit world and I stayed there. I stayed there. I really did. I stayed there for a very long time. It took a long time for me to start getting back into, you know, I actually as a teenager, I just came back and I, I decided that, you know, boom, I'm here. So, and then after that, I started getting, doing more work again and getting into it again and, and having things revealed to me. And I, and I got to say that proves things to me that holds weight. Your personal experiences hold weight. The things that you believe through experience are what matter. The reason everyone is in a spiritual crisis right now, and I say it because every person I've spoken to in the last two weeks, see, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that I don't, I'm not, I'm not a social person. I don't just go up and socialize, but I'm friendly. And for some reason, people magnet, magnet, what is it? What's that word? Mag oh my God, I don't even know the words right now. People are, are like attracted to me like a magnet, people who are hurting, people who are in need of, you know, just to, to talk and get, get the truth out. I don't know why. I, for me, I, I, I feel like I know why. And I think it's because I connect with people on a soul level and their soul knows that even if they don't consciously know that. So they gravitate to me because their soul knows that I'm a person that they can seek comfort and confide in for comfort or whatever it is. Their feeling, but I had a couple of conversations with a few different people over the last few weeks, and they all said the same thing to me. Well, one person said, I'm really struggling lately with, you know, just feeling connected at all, with just even believing, with just even wanting to to pray or or reach out to God in any way. Understandable. I understand. See, it's not about See, the reason why people don't express these things often is because they're afraid of being judged. They're afraid that people will then immediately believe that, oh, they must not believe in God oh, or whatever. And that's, that's not what we're meant to do to each other. This is why people hate the Bible. This is why people hate Christianity and, and inadvertently they hate Jesus. So when anyone brings up Jesus, they shut down. They don't want to hear about it because of the people representing him are not the true representatives. They're not. They're false. They're false prophets. They're false preachers. They're false. They don't teach or in any way represent the true Christ gospel. 
because it was all about the opposite of how these people treat you and act. And this is why there was a spiritual crisis. It's because the people who are supposed to be representatives of God all of these years have shown nothing but evil have shown nothing but the opposite and when you show do evil and you show that and you're wearing the name of god or you're doing it in the name of god or you're supposed to represent all that is good that's going to be a big mind fuck on people that once you know had faith or believed it is it just is and we have to just recognize that and allow people to feel what they're feeling spiritually that's how they work things out but everyone's so repressed everyone's so repressed so so afraid of even acknowledging their own feelings that they're unable to work these things out and it's been designed that way in our culture they've been doing things purposefully in our culture to lead us up to this point to lead us up to a point where we're apathetic where we're spiritually disconnected and they emptied us out it's been a hundred years thousands of years really but for in the, the plan that we're we're living through right now oh, oh it's been a hundred years of careful calculating cultural uh educational um and, and societal uh entertainment it's been a a plan to snuff out aspects of the human being that are divinely good that are organically good just like in that scripture we will become so unnatural we'll do things to our body that our bodies aren't meant to do See, I believe our bodies are a temple. I believe that we, we come here to whatever existence on this existence on this earth in this time that we're in. It's not to be focused on creating the perfect body that reflects what you feel inside. That's a distortion. They're teaching a distortion. They are perpetuating a distortion in our culture, in our religions. They are perpetuating it. They're emptying us out so that they can fill us with false spiritual pleasures, false spiritual knowledge, false spiritual wisdom. And what is false spiritual knowledge and wisdom and feelings of that we might feel connected for a moment? That's physical pleasure. They are supplanting things that we're supposed to get inside that have nothing to do with outside physical pleasure. But we feel physically pleasured from them, but they come from inside. Instead, the distortion is telling everyone that you need to create a character of yourself, one that you feel really represents you or, or is who you want to be. And you do any everything you can in your life to create that outside person. Total distortion. We're supposed to just be. You can't operate in the I am if you're always trying to accomplish something, always trying to redo something, always trying to perfect something. It's not perfection was never the goal. Jesus also made that very clear. Very, very clear that that's not the goal. The goal is your heart. The goal is to open your heart to the true world, the true inheritance that was meant for you from God. So much so that God had to incarnate here as a human being to prove to us that we are just like him, that we house that very same thing in us. And that's the truth. That's the true gospel. But no, you never hear that when you go to church. You just don't. You hear from the born agains how much of a sinner you are and how you need to spend the rest of your freaking life repenting and making up for all of your sins. Another distortion. Yes, their hearts are in the right place. I'm not talking crap about these people. Their hearts are in the right place, but they're brought up in a distortion. Why? Because it's very easy to perpetuate something. It's very easy. Ready? I'm born. 
My mother tells me what to believe in. I don't truly believe that through experience. I only believe it through being told through discipline and fear. So I just believe it inherently, but not fundamentally, but not in its essence, which then leads me to a spiritual crisis because I'm doing things out of the sheer uh, at doing it for the act of getting some sort of benefit in the afterlife or spiritually. So it's, again, it's another distortion teaching you that you need to do things spiritually to gain reward spiritually. And it's, again, not about that. It's not about you as an individual spirit, you know, doing this and getting a reward at the end. That's not, you're supposed to operate, live in the essence of the I am. You're supposed to operate and live in the essence of, of your divine nature and in and, and your ordained nature from God, from God. And we're not doing that when we're so focused on all of these other things. And money, money has been the tool to perpetuate this system, to keep us distracted. So we never have the true time to dig deep and figure things out and see these flaws and see how dramatically removed from our nature we truly are they don't want us to come to that conclusion they don't want us to say maybe this isn't the way we're meant to live and maybe let's try living a different way and then you'll see all of these you know spiritual crises all of these mental breakdowns you'll see a lot of that lift from society no some, some of it is real and, and is chemical and is, is, is an induced thing that that from whatever whether it's trauma or drugs or whatever but you would see a huge depression lift off of humanity if we allowed people or we told people that they were safe to explore to explore their inner world imagine imagine you're born you're and you're told you know, yes, we have these certain physical demands on us. So we have to live, although money is, should never be what, what keeps that, that life cycle going. <laughs> Sadly, it is. But this is how we get back to spirit. This is how we get back through recognizing, through going inside, through digging deep, through reconnecting with our child self. Not trying to snuff out every aspect of ourselves that we never liked, we hated, we didn't want to confront, or we didn't want to face. That's how you never learn anything about yourself. That's how you never grow. That's how you just keep on snuffing, snuffing. And that's how you end up with multiple personality disorder as a functioning person in society. There are many people who are functioning people with multiple personalities. Again, another construct by society, by the, the, the underlord, the deletes, right? This is all by their design. I know this. I've read their books. I've read their think tank books. Please. It's really sick and disturbing. But it is what it is. So now I have another clip I'm going to play for you guys because it leads up to exactly what I just am bringing up. And another important thing. This is a two-hour movie, by the way, that I have uploaded on OTW2. You should check it out. Now, I'm going to get into the great tree of knowledge and the wisdom that has been someone who does not want us to have this knowledge. Who this someone is, I don't know. I wish I did. 
You know, um, John Lash, the great Nag Hammadi scholar, he says he says the Nag Hammadi texts, which were found 2,000 years ago in Egypt, or they were buried 2,000 years ago in Egypt and found in 1947. And what's great about the Nag Hammadi is they haven't been tainted by anyone. No pope, no politician, no historian has rewritten anything in there. So we're, we're reading exactly what they wanted us to read 2,000 years ago. Okay? Nobody's got their meat on it. No, no spin. Nagamati says that about 1,600 years ago before them, or about 3,600 years ago, the earth was invaded by something called the Archons, which is close to the Anunnaki. And they don't say they're beings. They, they, they describe it more like a virus, a, an off-planet virus. And these archons came, and what these archons are is they do not possess the divine essence that we possess. And they're really jealous of us for that. And so they're creating a world, this is what the Nagamati says, a simulated world all around us. It's all simulated. And what it is, is trying to show that they can create everything that the goddess created, the beautiful earth and the flowers and everything. They can do just as good a job as nature can do, only they do it fake. And the point of the Archons, according to Nagamati, is to make you think that their reality is the reality, well, not the real reality. So I suspect that's who told us we can't have the fruit. The tree of knowledge. Mind you, um, there were many trees and many uh, times that that happened. There were different atoms, different trees, and different situations. Again, because most people are biblically ignorant and they have no interest whatsoever to pursue any biblical wisdom or knowledge, so to feed their soul and feed their spirit with actual life feeding bread. Um, these, these texts are very important, especially, again, pertaining to our time, because these cycles happen. These things happen. And when we realize that there is an outside force that has been consistently attacking the human spirit, the human organic, you know, connection to nature and God, it makes you understand things a lot easier. It makes you look around at life and say, why does life make so much more sense now? Now that I've read all this stuff, all of this stuff that my whole life, if you're someone who's never looked into these things, obviously, my whole life that I just didn't think was for me. And there's so much information in there, information that can give me life-saving wisdom, spirit-saving wisdom, soul-saving wisdom. Because I do believe that this is the end game with this vaccine situation. I believe that they're trying to edit a part, an aspect of us out and they want to create us into a degraded form of human. They want us to not be. We, see, we override them. We house spirit. We are, we have God. God is, God resides in our heart, in our soul. And we have a divine aspect to us that, that these beings, whether they are interdimensional, 
the, whether they're negative entities, whether they are reptilians in our government, they have an agenda. And that is to snuff out that divine essence out of humanity so they can truly control us once and for all because that's what makes us greater than them. They're jealous. It's a jealousy. And now, this is what this is the animal they want to create us into. I mean, I, again, if you're familiar with Jewish mysticism and the books that talk about, you know, uh, ancient Jewish mysticism and witchcraft and black magic, they used to create a, an, an animal human thing called a golem. And when you, um, which I'm going to share, obviously, uh, the clip about them describing this golem and what it is, I feel like that's what they're trying to do to us. They're trying to reverse that and instead of creating a creature from clay that doesn't have any divine essence that is just you know create you know um animated by whatever you you the the these these things whatever they infuse in them it's not divine essence so i think if they take out our divine essence they're, they're trying they'll try and create a new golem interestingly the golem of the uh of the lord of the rings he loses his soul his humanity his essence through the ring the ring corrupts him so much that he turns into this this demonic you know uh degraded uh just not human anymore and i feel like this is what this is trying to do to us so I'm just I just want to find get to the clip so that I can I mean the stuff the technology they already have is mind blowing and what they want to do to us is just just totally disturbing. So here we go. Okay, the golem developed machine learning algorithms that can make chemical reactions intelligent. This brings us to another project started in 2000 by Hod Lipson of Cornell University and Jordan Pollock of Brandeis University called the Golem Project. With the support of DARPA, the Golem Project, whose acronym stood for Genetically Organized Lifelike Electromechanics, attempt to develop self-replicating and self-manufacturing robotic life forms. While artificial organisms had been developed digitally to like evolve gallons, in response no? to the programmed conditions, the goal for the Golem Project was to get these organisms from the digital realm to the physical. While such what may be going on behind closed doors in the laboratories of the deep underground. The Hebrew word golem is used once in the Bible and is found in Psalms 139.16, translated as unformed substance. Quote, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. According to Talmudic legends, Adam was initially created by God as a golem, or as a body without a soul, for the first 12 hours of his existence. The substance that gave his mindless body a soul was the breath of God. It was at this point that man became the image bearers of God. Quote, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It is easy to see that man attempting to do the same is in essence playing out the lie that was promised to us before the fall of mankind.
The methods to form a golem were vast and complex, involving everything from meditative techniques, numerological markings, and ritual chanting. There are many Jewish traditions of holy rabbis. Fir Yezirah, or what is known as the Book of Formation, one of the earliest Kabbalistic writings, he gave a detailed and complex report of how to form a golem through advanced spiritual meditative techniques called the 221 Gates. But perhaps the most famous golem is the one allegedly created by Rabbi Yehuda Levi ben Betzalel of Prague, known as the Maharal, in the 16th century. The legend goes that the Maharal created a golem named Yosel to help save the Jews of Prague from the blood libel, an early form of anti-Semitism where cults derived from Roman Catholicism falsely accused the Jews for kidnapping and murdering children to false. use their blood in religious rituals. After fulfilling his purpose, the golem Yosel was deanimated by the Maharal. It is widely believed that Yosel's body was stored and still lays in the attic of Prague's didn't even enter the attic when they took hold of the synagogue. This is no surprise since it is well known that Hitler spoke often of the Ubermensch to describe the National Socialist agenda of creating a biological superior Aryan race that would rule the earth for 1,000 years. Look that up. Um, you can catch that on OTW tube on my page, the full two hour video of that um, movie. But we have to reflect on these things. To me, reflecting on these things isn't about convincing yourself to believe one thing or another and following that belief system. That's a trap. That is what has led, again, to spiritual crisis. I met a lady at the beach the other day. She was from Armenia. Um, she spoke really good English. Her children didn't speak any English, but they were playing with my kids. And, you know, she just was like, I really, can we sit with you guys and play? And we're all like, yeah, sure. Join the party. She starts talking to me and she's asking me all of these questions about, oh, and I'm not kidding. I don't bring these things up to people. It's just bizarre that they just come up to me and they start bringing up the deepest things. And she said, why is God letting all this, this happen? I said, what do you, what do you mean? She said, why is God letting all of these things, these bad things happen? Why doesn't he get rid of coronavirus and and if these bad people are you know kidnapping children why is he let that happen and i said i honestly don't know know that answer i mean we can ponder that forever but i know we have free will and i know that that is a factor in the situation we're in some form of free will something you know that maybe that's why we're in the time we're in now because maybe we're living in a time where we're not enacting or living out our own free will and it, our free will is being trampled on through witchcraft, through manipulation, through all kinds of just oppression, through the government, through spirit, through all of these things, not spirit, but you know, spiritual oppression. But again, maybe that's why this is the time after the time after the time, because we're no longer able to just live and even connect with our own free will as a, as a collective on a mass level. People are literally automatons. They get up and they live their life every day driven by something from the outside, something that was told to them, downloaded to them, uh, instilled in them, and they're living every day of their lives for the future or for the past or for something else. And that's not living present. And that's you can know you cannot live in the in connection with, with spirit and, and with God if you're living like that. It's impossible. 
it's impossible. It's impossible to allow God, your spirit, you to direct your life, your, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. It's impossible to be guided by that if you're guided by outside things. Whether there's an underlying motivation that was instilled in you through a program at some point in your life, you know, something else drives you. Something else drives you and motivates you every day. Something else drives your wants, needs, and desires every day. It's not your true self. It's not your spirit connected to God that lives, that resides, and, and it has a divine inheritance. It's not. It's the world. It's the counterfeit spirit. That's what's guiding and directing most people nowadays. And the people who are seeking and craving something spiritually, they have no idea where to look for it. Because all of the places that were supposed to represent those aspects of our lives, no one has faith or belief in those institutions anymore. No one truly, truly believes. Most people do it nowadays out of just social habit. They're, they're not there for the essence of what it means and why and what it is that they're seeking. They're just not. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad that 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 you know that you're getting something out of it because that that is heaven to my ears. Sometimes I I talk. To, I think I'm just talking to myself, but it it it's good to hear that. So so on a good note, though, I wanna I wanna read this beautiful article because I, although am not a PDA person, I can give hell of hugs, and I always believe in hugs. And I wanna read this to you guys. So if you can with me right now, if you want, take a nice deep breath and just release any tension in your body. And place your attention now on your physical heart. Relax your jaw, relax your shoulders. Connect with the rhythm of your heartbeat and your pulse. And now I'm going to read this article to you while you do those breathing exercises. When was the last time you had a good hug? Can you ever recall a time when one lasted longer than 10 or 15 seconds? Hugging releases oxytocin, a bonding hormone, as well as serotonin and endorphins. These hormones are a big part of what make us feel good and build a sense of community and connection with others. Interesting. COVID. They don't want you even talking to someone. When we hug our friends or family or even spend a good few hours with them, we often don't know what exactly the mechanism is that makes us feel good. But oftentimes, it's touch, eye contact, and reading facial expressions. Throughout COVID, once we got a sense of what it feels like to not have as much touch, see smiles, see our friends or family, we, may, we might have gained a greater awareness of how important it really is. Intense isolation, like we've all experienced, leads to touch deprivation, and one could argue has led to collective traumatization throughout the course of this pandemic. Humans biologically need touch. It's built right into our physiology. When we are babies, touch is a crucial part of our ability to regulate our nervous systems and feel safe. When we're very young, our bodies have not yet built the ability to self-regulate, feel safety and comfort. And thus, our caregivers play the important role of not only touching to bring regulation and safety, but also using facial expressions to send the message that all is okay. Further, humans thrive in a sense of community and connection. When we're too isolated without a deep and dedicated practice, 
like monks might do in a cave in Tibet, we might begin to lose the benefits of co-regulation. And in turn, our psychology can begin to suffer over time. Humans have built incredible things together when in community and touch plays an important role in that. In most cultures around the world, hugging is part of their daily life. Other cultures might decide to greet one another with a cheek kissing instead, or a forehead to forehead contact, which is, is means I see you. I, I, I see you, meaning I see you, the true you, the soul in you. But it's true, there are places that may, may be less touchy and we'll certify, we'll certainly find other ways to connect. One thing I can say though, especially during this unprecedented time of isolation, is make it a point to hug those close to you when you can. Make it a good one, 15 or 20 seconds at least, and pay attention to how you feel afterwards. As mentioned, hugging is not only the way we get a sense of co-regulation and connection, Looking into one another's eyes, sensing facial movements and reactions are also really important. We have millions of mirror neurons in our brains that are constantly reading what is happening in another person and sending information to areas of our brain subconsciously that tell us how a person might be feeling. For example, when we witness someone taking an action, neurons in our brains respond to that action in the same way as if we are taking the action ourselves, hence mirror neurons. Now, when you learn about something called mirror neurons, it makes you wonder about the programming, the mind control, predictive programming, and the way we're not connecting with each other, the way we're not sensing each other's feelings around us. What's going on here? Huge disconnect, I'd say. And it's being done on purpose. It's being severed partially by us giving consent and part participating in this ridiculous perpetual cycle of insanity. And it's also through you know, the underlords in our culture, feeding the culture a constant stream of debauchery and negativity and things that will keep us apathetic. It's by design. So we'll have a spiritual crisis. So we'll be emptied out so they can refill us with their false spirit, their counterfeit spirit, one that locks us in here, traps our soul, torments us in our mind. It's the truth. It's the truth, and we have to start hugging, and you know, you can even hug yourself. I used to do this. I went through a time in my life where I struggled some things emotionally. Um, I was coming off of uh, pain medication. It was just a really hard time for me, and when I would really feel just alone, and isolated, and depressed, I would go away in my bed. I'd put my essential oils on, and I would just, I would hug myself, and honestly, it, it helped just me hugging myself. I know it's probably not the same as a companion hug, but um, just even doing that. And obviously kids hugging you always is, is amazing. Always is amazing. But it's important. It's important. And I'm gonna leave you guys with this. I think this is beautiful and I wanna read it. So I'm going to. With all one's heart. The heart is the most important, potent connection to the one, the way beyond the frequency band of the simulation. The more our heart vortex opens, the greater the energetic gateway through which we access love in its prime sense, wisdom, knowing, intelligence, and potentially infinite awareness in totality. We feel intuition and love in the center of the chest for this reason. And near-death survivors have described how when out of body, they experience the same love, although much more intensely, that we can feel in the body through the heart, one said. 
There was all this light and love and rejuvenation. I felt myself expand within this light like there were no borders, and I was just in this light and part of the light. I felt like I was home. I felt weightless. You don't realize how much you carry in this world, low vibrational, emotional density energy, and you don't realize until it's gone how light and weightless and free we are and expansive and part of something large, huge. It's home, and you know it is. It felt like we are all part of one thing. Our heart vortex, I don't know why that keeps going black. Our heart vortex is our connection to the one. And that's why such love is felt through an open heart. The cult works so hard to close the heart for its own ends by generating fear, anxiety, depression, hatred, resentment, guilt, and other low vibration emotions that lead to the phrase, my heart aches. These emotions must, these emotions move the focus of attention and perception from the heart to the gut and create a feedback loop between the belly's low vibrational emotional center and the head brain. This oscillation generates perception that is overwhelmingly emotion dominated and the new woke is a collective example of that. The belly vortex center should be a phenomenal source of energetic power when in a state of balance and that potential creative power is also diminished by the chaotic impact of low vibrational emotion. The cult knows exactly what it's doing, that's for sure. Emotional reaction is constantly mistaking for a heart's response, thanks to the manipulated misunderstanding of what love really is. Attraction by itself is not love, and neither is virtue signaled emotion. Love in the sense that I am describing is balance, the balance of all forces into wholeness when all constituent parts become one and none dominates the other. That's what I was talking about in the beginning, how we're here. We're meant to be balanced between material and spiritual. And we're supposed to discern all of this through our heart. And this is what it means to have Christ in your heart. That's all Jesus ever asked people, his disciples, the apostles, was to open their heart, was to let God in through their heart. And now we're being asked to do the same thing again in our time. Why? Because we're in the season again. It's that season. I'm preparing. I'm not going to join the counterfeit world with the counterfeit spirit, the counterfeit demiurge in a simulation that we're trapped in forever. I'll return home. I'll receive my divine inheritance and so will you. So will you. We have a real home, a permanent home, and it's paradise. Thank you all for watching. This was Truth, Freedom, and Sophia with OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashley On the Wake Up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.